absurd, really, how well he photographed. The Prime Minister went out just before us, I said. I thought they were photographing him. Nonsense, Milo said dismissively. Why should they want MacDonald when they could photograph you? Or you, for that matter, I replied, knowing from long experience that my husband was a favourite subject of the society columns. His cinema star good looks and the endearing tendency to find himself in compromising situations had earned him that dubious distinction. I didn't add aloud what I was really thinking, that it was nice to be the woman in the photograph with him for once. Things had certainly improved. I turned back to the mirror and picked up the necklace of sapphires that lay on the dressing table, raising it to my throat. Help me with this clasp, will you? It always sticks. Certainly. He tossed the magazine aside and rose from the chair. Coming up beside me, he fastened the necklace, his fingers warm against my skin. This was one of my favourite pieces. The sapphires complemented the backless blue gown and emphasised my dark hair and fair colouring. Milo's bright blue eyes met my grey ones in the mirror. You're very beautiful, Emery, he said. Then, his hands on my arms, he leant down to kiss my neck, sending a shiver right through me. Remind me again why we're going to the Barringtons tonight, he murmured against my ear. At the moment, I was having a hard time remembering. Mrs. Barrington is an old friend of my mother's, I said. All the more reason to avoid her. I ignored this remark and went on, despite the fact that Milo was making it very difficult to concentrate. When she found out we were in town, she was most anxious that we should come and dine with her, and I think it was very nice of her to ask us. She had been rather insistent on it, in fact. I had been a bit puzzled by her eagerness to see me, considering we had not crossed paths in years, but I thought it could certainly do no harm to spend an evening in her company. It will be a lovely evening, I said in an unconvinced tone. It would be a much lovelier evening if we stayed at home. I turned to look disapprovingly at him, and he seized the opportunity of access to my mouth, kissing me even as he pulled me up from my seat and into his arms, knocking over the dressing table stool in the process. I dimly heard the telephone in the foyer ring, and Winelda, my maid, answering it. A moment later, she tapped hesitantly on the door. She'll go away, Milo whispered. You're quite incorrigible, I laughed, pushing myself back from him. He released me, somewhat reluctantly, and I turned to right the stool and smooth my dress and hair before calling, Yes, Winelda, come in. She opened the door, the barest of cracks, as though afraid to look in. Your car is ready, madam. Thank you, we'll be right out. She closed the door and I turned to my husband. We'd better go. Milo sighed heavily. I couldn't have agreed with him more. Half an hour later, we pulled up in front of the Barringtons' home in one of the more fashionable districts of London and were welcomed into the marble-floored foyer, where my furs were whisked away by a silent maid as the butler led us towards the drawing-room. Before we could enter the room, however, Mrs. Barrington came sailing out of it, arms extended, the rings on her fingers flashing like flames in the light of the crystal chandelier. Mr. and Mrs. Ames, I'm delighted that you've come. Mrs. Barrington was an attractive, buxom woman who looked remarkably hearty for her sixty-odd years. Her features were strong and distinct, keeping her from conventional beauty, but she was striking nonetheless.
Her Christian name was Serena, but it was hearty robustness rather than serenity that radiated from her. As she came towards me, I had the feeling that she might pull me into a tight embrace. Instead, she squeezed my hand rather enthusiastically. Amory, my dear, I'm so pleased to see you. I feel as though it's been ages. It has been rather a long time, Mrs. Barrington. Before my marriage, I think. I believe you are right. And speaking of your marriage, this charming gentleman must be your husband, she said, turning to Milo. Yes, Mrs. Barrington, my husband, Milo Ames. She held out her hand and he took it. How do you do, Mrs. Barrington, he said. She gave him an appraising look and her approval was plain on her features. I've heard a great deal about you, Mr. Ames. It seemed that she had decided to like him, despite that fact, for she smiled brightly at him.